Amazon is positioning itself as the next big hub of regional sports networks. Plus, the A's gave out $77,000 in campaign donations to the Nevada politicians that gave them a huge stadium deal, and later we will hear about how Major League Soccer is innovating in ways that other leagues largely are not. It's Thursday, January 18th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Amazon is investing in regional sports network provider Diamond Sports Group. Joining me now to discuss is Front Office Sports newsletter co-author Eric Fisher. Welcome, Eric. Hello. So a whole lot of nuances here, but what are the broad contours of this deal? Okay, so there's actually three major parts of this whole new reorganization plan that Diamond Sports Group, the Valley Sports RSM parent, has laid out. Number one is a restructuring of $450 million of existing debt that they have. Number two is the settlement of a billion and a half dollars worth of fraud claims and broader legal dispute between Diamond Sports Group and its parent Sinclair. The third and the most interesting part of this is Amazon coming in as a minority investor that they would supply $115 million into the company upon Diamond exiting bankruptcy, and then also are set to be a distributor uh, online of diamond content through prime video so yeah let, let's start with that last part are people going to be able to some of them anyway going to be watch watching their their local baseball teams maybe hockey and basketball teams on amazon prime video 100 percent, and that that is absolutely what that part is predicated on and that's why i say it is the the most interesting part yeah, and so um, who's affected here? Uh, and yeah, it sounds like Amazon is is positioning itself as the you know the RSN of the future. Quite possibly, this really kind of hastens a contemplation that's been out there for a while. I mean, we've known for quite some time, obviously, that the traditional linear based RSN model is breaking down, and Amazon, given their scale and the resources of Jeff Bezos and so forth, is sort of seen as a potential white knight in this situation. It's just that the leagues and the teams would have liked to have kind of gotten to this point in the ordinary course of business negotiating on their own terms and their own time frame. When you get into a bankruptcy court arena like we are now with Diamond, everything sort of goes on its own schedule and cadences and the ones sort of dictated by the court and the needs of the bankrupt company. And so we've got a situation now where Amazon is indeed coming in in this you know, pretty interesting new fashion, uh, but it's all sort of taken these leagues by surprise because they were sort of charting their own expectation that Diamond was going to go out of business and they were going to be able to do their own thing. And now we're talking about something fundamentally different. Right. It is interesting to be in this spot where, yeah, like those leagues, I've been assuming that Diamond would thrash around for a while and then cease to be. And then we'd figure out what happens in the future of local sports broadcasting. But Diamond, I guess, was able to to pull this deal out. And so it sounds like they're going to continue to be a thing, but one that's very entwined with Amazon. A hundred percent. And with a new name. That's another wrinkle on this, that the Bally Sports name, uh, they did a 10-year deal in 2020. Uh, they're going to be sunsetting after year four. And so what that name looks like. Maybe Amazon's part of that name. Who knows? There's a lot of steps to go forward here, but uh, that Bally Sports name is also going to cease to exist. And in terms, so we've got, so Diamond slash Bally's, I guess no longer Bally's, um, 
they were broadcasting MLB games, NBA games, NHL games. Are those going to stay together on a network or, you know, on each of these RSNs or, or what happens in, in on those three paths? To be determined because each league has the right to manifest its own IP in its own way. And we could, you know, one of the things I'm really looking for and looking out to see is whether any or all of these leagues object to this new plan. If they raised some concerns of their own based on how it came about or the particulars within the deal. And we could have a varying viewpoint where one league says, okay, we, we like this new plan with Amazon and another league saying, no, we don't like it. And here's why. And that's going to be a real interesting to see, thing to see in the coming weeks as these leagues and their legal counsel have a chance to absorb the agreement, go through all the various manifestations and ramifications and, and see what comes out the other side here. Cause again, I don't think it's a fait accompli that, all three of those leagues are just going to say, hey, this is wonderful. Yeah. And, and as you've alluded to here, a lot of this is still tied up in court. So what could change or shift uh, between now and whenever we know what's going on? Pretty much every single deal parameter, if it doesn't get court approval, that we've got very specific term agreements uh, governing all three of those major pieces that I laid out with the legal settlement, uh, the uh, refinancing of the debt and Amazon's involvement. There are separate term agreements that have already uh, been put out um, based on each one of those components. And all three of those are subject to court approval and all three are subject to change. And do we have a sense of I mean, obviously, you know, the sides that made the deal want the deal to go through for anyone else involved, the leagues or regulators or anyone. Do we know how any side is trying to push or shape this? The, the foremost concern, particularly among the leagues and, and certainly legislators in any given state, is just having the games on. And this has particularly been baseball's sort of drumbeat in recent weeks and months is like, just let us know what's going on for 2024 so we know where the games are going to be happening and we don't want a uh, Diamondbacks, Padres, fire drill type of situation like we saw last season. Um, that's, that's sort of an undercurrent of a lot of uh, commentary you hear around this is just where are the games going to be on? How's, how's this going to happen? And a lot of these deal points that we're talking about will sort of govern how and where those games will be but that's you know for joe fan and certainly for joe politician that's that's the foremost concern there is just where can i find the game yeah absolutely fascinating stuff eric fisher thanks so much for joining us always a pleasure the nevada legislature provided the oakland a's 380 million dollars in funding to build a stadium in las vegas and now that the politicians are doing the required campaign contribution disclosures we're learning that the a's gave a little of that money back in October and November, the A's made donations between $1,000 and $10,000 to Nevada legislators, the large majority of whom voted in favor of giving the A's stadium money. In total, the A's gave out at least $77,000 in campaign contributions. You can see that as a thank you for the vote, but it's also a long-term move. The A's will have more business that comes before the state sooner or later, and these donations show the lawmakers that if they vote a certain way, they will be rewarded. We also learned this week that the A's will continue to receive revenue sharing money from MLB's richer teams. That alone will bring in $50 million over this year and next, according to Forbes. Given that, a $77,000 kickback is a drop in the bucket. Just don't ask them for renderings of their next stadium. We're still waiting on those six weeks after the A's said they were about to unveil them. Over to the world of soccer. 
Kylian Mbappe, who will soon answer the question of how large can soccer contracts get these days, has issued a warning to the sports power brokers that we could be headed toward a world where fans won't know if their favorite players are actually playing when they show up for a game. Speaking to GQ, Mbappe said, We're getting closer to the NBA model with seasons of 70 games. Personally, I'm not against playing that many matches, but we won't be able to be good every time and give the public the spectacle they expect. In the NBA, players don't play every game and franchises practice load management. But if I said, I'm tired, I'm not playing on Saturday, it wouldn't go down well. Between Paris Saint-Germain and the French national team, Mbappe played 63 games in the 2022-23 season. The tension here is that there is more money to be made by filling up the calendar. Some teams are adding friendly matches to make some quick cash and promote themselves internationally. FIFA added the Club World Cup in 2020 with the next iteration coming in 2025, and there are some that are still working to make the European Super League happen. Mbappe is showing that eventually the players are going to push back. We'll see if FIFA, UEFA, and the major European leagues heed his warning. Up next, I spoke to MLS executive Chris Slosher. As a younger league that is still introducing itself to millions of people in its own country, MLS can be more experimental than the ones with a longer legacy, and Chris is one of the people heading up its efforts on that front. We talked about what he's working on there and how it ties into the league's deal with Apple, and that conversation is coming up next. I'm joined now by Chris Slosher, MLS Senior VP of Emerging Ventures. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Alan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. So you are launching the MLS Innovation Lab, which is a program to identify and work with startups in the sports space. Uh, Tell me about this program and why you're creating it. You know, MLS has been at the forefront of innovation for a long time. You know, we we launched the Global Media Partnership with Apple. We've done the Leagues Cup as the first ever in-season tournament uh, in North American leagues. You know, a whole host of tech firsts over the, over the course of time. But we, amazingly, we've never really had a formalized innovation program here at the league. And so we're really excited to launch an annual program. It'll run every year from uh, early September through the All-Star Game of the following year. Um, And so we kicked this program off officially last fall. Uh, We've signed up an unbelievable cohort of six companies from around the world, truly a, a global global cohort. I think four from outside the U.S., two are from from here in the United States. And what we do with with the program is we provide these companies real world testing opportunities at three um, moments throughout the the course of the program. One in the fall at MLS Next Fest, second in our Generation Adidas Cup, and then third um, at the end of the school year at the MLS Next Playoffs. And those are times where the cohort can all come together and do a robust set of testing for a a course of a, a week or more. And then throughout the whole nine-month program, we are providing the the companies with access to the MLS ecosystem, with coaching, with mentorship, with all sorts of opportunities that that come from partnering with with a league like MLS. So it's a great combination of kind of in-person, on-the-ground, all-together moments, and then always-on support that, that where we work with each of the companies on a customized basis to meet whatever ever needs that that they have. And could you just give us a sense of these six companies, what sorts of areas are they focusing on? 
So to put some order to the chaos, when we started the, this program, we identified three areas that we were going to focus on. The first is on-field player development, health and wellness. How do we create better players, whether that's coaching systems, data systems, you know, new nutrition programs. There's so much happening in, in that space. So that's a really fruitful spot for us to play. Second area we're focused on is fan engagement. How do we create better fan experiences, whether it's at home, in the stadium, or when you're on the go? Obviously, a ton happening in that space and, and one we're really excited about. And then third, in support of our new global media partnership with Apple, um, we're looking at media technology. I think many people know, but we actually produce uh, all of the matches that go on season pass. And so there's a whole opportunity for us to create new media integrations, to test new production capabilities. Um, and so we're, you know, we're, we're spending a lot of time in, in that space as well. Yeah, and actually, I wanted to ask about your work with Apple, um, because every Apple product looks like an Apple product. And I think that even is true for for the MLS broadcasts. Uh, is there room to work with, you know, to have, have these startups providing innovation um, when you are working with such a sort of bespoke, you know, technology giant that that does everything in a certain way? So that's the unbelievable thing about where MLS is today, and it's really unique in, in global sports, where if you think about MLS historically, we only ever had the first league, right? And that that was amazing, growing really quickly. But if we're going to test something at the MLS level, it has to be so polished, so ready for prime time. It can be a really high bar that many startups struggle to, to meet to really be able to execute at that level. But now over the last couple of years, we launched MLS Next Pro, which is our second league, and then MLS Next, which is our academy program. That gives us tens of thousands of games a year that we can use for testing purposes. And MLS Next Pro, very specifically in its mission, is to be the innovation hub for the sport of soccer on the field, off the field? How do we you know, test new rules, test new technologies, develop new executives or referees? And so we have an executive team in MLS Next Pro that's really excited about testing new products. Without those two um, new leagues, it would be really hard for us to run a program like this because of that requirement to be at that super, super high level. That said, you know, one of the companies, you, you, you brought up Apple, one of the companies in, in the cohort, Cam AI, based in the UAE, the vision that they have is one of our announcers speaking English, calling a game. Out the other side of their system in real time comes, sounds like our announcer, but now he's speaking French or Portuguese or German or you name it. And that vision is incredible. And so you could see a, a company like Apple looking at that with our games now available in 103 countries around the world going, well, that's unbelievable if the quality is there and if the, the capability is there. And so what we're doing via this program is leaning in with a company like Cam, robustly testing their system and understanding, are they ready for primetime live? Are they ready for primetime VOD? Do they still need more work? How, how would we go about working with them? But you, you see that vision and you go, well, unbelievable. You know, a company like Apple, we're probably in a unique case around the world that we could actually do something like this and broadcast a game in all these different languages and distribute it to you know, an audience around the world. And just for my own curiosity, how close are we to something like, you know, the broadcast is in English, but we're hearing it, you know, in Arabic, French, Spanish, whatever it is. So they're very close on VOD content, um, and then live will come, you know, in, in short order um, beyond that. Mm -hmm. 
Where do you see the most room for innovation when it comes to, you know, the areas you mentioned, you know, fan experience stuff, you know, a- athlete experience, essentially health and wellness and, um, and your, your, your work with your media partners. Is, is there an area where you see the most fertile territory? I think that's the fun thing about this program is there's so much opportunity just across the board. Whether you're thinking about the big, you know, AI changes, augmented reality with the Vision Pro coming from Apple, there's so many big tech things happening right now. And what we're what we're doing is basically translating those big macro trends and saying, how do we actually apply them into our business in meaningful ways? Not in theoretical ways, not not in might might happen five years from now ways, but in actual practical, can we find great companies? have them come in and have them impact our business on some level, again, in that whole spectrum, you know, starting later this year. And so it's that tangible asset that, that we're really focused on and, and we're, we're finding great success so far, which has been, which has been really fun to see. And yeah, you mentioned the, the Apple, it's the VR headset, right? The vision pro thing that's coming out this year, I think. Anyway, are we going to be able to watch MLS games uh, on those things? So there, I think they announced this week at um, CES that it's on sale February second. So okay, um, here in, in less than a month, you'll be able to uh, see that experience. We've had a chance to test it; it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if you guys or the folks at Apple want to send me one of those just so I can test it out and you know <laughs> let, let the people know how it works, uh, I, I wouldn't say no to that one. Uh, so, uh, and I guess along those lines. I mean, MLS, it's, it's been around a little while now, obviously, but it still feels like an up and coming league. And I think the deal with Apple is maybe the best example of that. That's not a deal that, you know, the NBA or the Premier League could could really you could see them making in, in the form that it that you have it in. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just wondering if if we're if you see this innovation lab as something where we're going to continue to see MLS being kind of like a younger feeling, more tech forward league than, than, you know, the other major leagues in the U S I would say 100%. Yes. I think it's in our ethos. It's how the league was developed. We are a digitally native league. Our fans are the youngest in pro sports. They demand that we are on the very cutting edge of whatever the technology is. And so, yes, we'll, we'll keep pushing the envelope in, in many different ways um, day in and day out. And this innovation lab just gives us a more formal structuralized program to actually be able to do that and look at, you know, the hundreds of companies we see every year and actually now start to put them through a a real process to be able to engage and, and use them. I mean, this year alone, we saw 500 companies to, to scout for this cohort of six. And so, you know, before we were probably seeing 300, but we didn't have anything to do with them. Now we actually have a place to put these 500 companies, something to do, a, a, a framework to look at them through to evaluate their ability to work with us. Um, and then for the ones that, that we ultimately se- select, you know, what we can now do is marshal the whole enterprise and bring everybody's energy to helping support these companies. And, and that's a really exciting development as we think about creating those new experiences, creating, um, you know, real meaningful solutions that'll help our league. But, you know, the vision of this program is not just to help support MLS. We think if we do this right year after year and we, we help um, create great young companies, help them grow, help support their, their ambitions, that we will be actually on the very leading edge of creating the next generation of experiences, not just for the sport of soccer, but for the global sports industry. And that's the power that we think we uniquely have because of that massive testing infrastructure that we've been able to put together that really doesn't exist anywhere else in global sports. 
And is there any tension between, you know, wanting to be super tech forward and innovative and still pleasing the fans that they, they just want to throw on a game and hear the regular broadcast and have it just be what they've expected for, for decades and don't want to deal with anything all that new or different? So the, the way I'd answer that always is, you know, you, you do no harm first. You, you create a beautiful broadcast. You pr- create a great experience. You make it really easy for the fans to find. And that's the beauty of what we've done with Apple, right? Every game in HD, super high quality for the first time, available on one system around the world. No blackouts of any device. Click it. It works. In many cases, it's in front of a paywall, so you don't even have to necessarily subscribe if you don't want to. And it's just, it's there and it's available. That's our baseline. And then if we create new bells and whistles on top of that, you know, we can give the fans the option, whether they opt in or opt out to to partake in it. It can be something that layers on. But in the case of the, you know, the KMAI, the language system we are talking about, I think that's another, you know, unbelievable experience of now, I can translate the game into whatever language it is that, that you speak natively and provide you that better, more enhanced experience. You can always choose to, you know, select Taylor Twelman and say, I want to hear the original English if you speak English and that works for you. But if you'd rather hear the game in German because you're a native German speaker, that's amazing. And we should be able to provide that at some period of time. And as well, Brad, are there other examples of startups that you want to throw in here that you're working with? Yeah, so look, if, if we think across the the ecosystem, we have Fit Together and HAMS um, um, who are both focused on player development in very different ways um, and, and leading their fields in terms of the development of new players and, and new coaching techniques. Fit Together, creating some of the most accurate sports data in the world. They're a South Korean company, HAMS from France has created a whole new sensor-based system to help players train better. Sport Total and Replayer both are doing next-generation camera systems that allow us to create 5G-powered uh, broadcasts from youth fields across the country. If I need to broadcast 10,000 youth games um, for an Apple product or for a you know distribution on our website, that's a really challenging thing to be able to do. And so we're excited to work with, with Sport Total and, and Replayer on, on that front. And then Fabric uh, is doing augmented reality experiences um, and so they created augmented reality treasure hunt for all the kids at the next fest where the kids were running around the venue trying to find all these prizes, you know, earning themselves discounts and free gear. And that was just really fun to see a bunch of young kids running around trying to sort the, you know, score the next uh, T-shirt or hat or whatever it is that we were dropping. We think that has great applications as we think about, you know, a future all-star experience or a future cup experience at some point down, down the line. So across the board, really awesome um, set of founders and a really, really fun group of companies. And just want to hit a couple broader MLS topics before we let you go. Uh, we're about to jump into the first uh, full season of Lionel Messi in MLS. Uh, what are you guys expecting from this and, and how are you going to, you know, juice the excitement here? What I'd say is like, I think it's just a further, it's further evidence that the commitment of our ownership to bring the best players in the world continue improve the quality of play on the field. Our games are super exciting. They're super fun to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get out this season. The season kicks off February 21st. I can't wait to, to be back in stadium with our fans watching, watching matches again. Yeah. 
And uh, we're about two and a half years from the World Cup in, in the U.S. in 2026 and in Canada and Mexico. What are you doing right now to pre to prep for that event, which I keep hearing is going to be the biggest sporting event in the history of the world? It will be the biggest sporting event in the history of the world. That That is for sure going to happen. Unbelievable tournament. It's going to be so exciting. And as you might imagine, this entire office, uh, I'm at MLS headquarters here in New York, is working um, with one eye on 2024 and our upcoming season and another on you know what we need to do over the next two years to take full advantage of this transformational moment um, when the entire sports and, and just generally the, the entire population will be focused on the United States and, and this beautiful sport we call soccer. And taking Messi off the table, just because that, that answer is too obvious, uh, what's one thing that you're, you're excited for for the upcoming season? You know, I think there's nothing like getting into an MLS stadium. It is so much fun. If you've had a chance to go to Nashville or Austin or, um, you know, even some of our older stadiums in, in L.A. or Seattle, it is such a transformational experience. I just highly recommend people get out and go experience the fans, go experience the cheering. Um, I love getting, you know, out of the office and taking people and, and going and just having that game day experience. It, it's so much fun. Last, the other thing I'd say is, you know, I got the chance to spend a week six founders of the companies in, in Arizona last fall. And I would highly, highly recommend for any executive that, that's, you know, listening to the show, go spend time around startup CEOs. It is unbelievably motivational to see the way they operate, the way they are so committed to their vision, the way they're running through walls, knocking down whatever barriers come, come in their way. And I think that's just such a motivating way of, of being and a way of acting. And I think you know, many, many uh, executives, I, I think, would, would, would find that experience empowering to go spend a week like that with those kind of people. And I'm sure they'd bring back all sorts of ideas into their uh, companies, wherever they are. Um, you know, to, to use and, and, and to drive their own and their own companies forward. All right. Well, Chris Schlosser, uh, good luck on the upcoming season. And thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. It's going to be an awesome one. That's it for today. Subscribe to Front Office Sports Today if you have not already, or tell some friends about the show. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Yo.